say I'm difficult. They say I'm drunk even when I'm not. Sure, I take dolls. I gotta get some sleep. I gotta get up at five o'clock in the morning and sparkle, Neely, sparkle. Mr. Quick, I am a human being. Do you know what that means? It means I set a price on myself, a high, high price. You may be surprised to know it, but I've got quite a lot to give. I've got things I have been saving up my whole life. Things like love and understanding and, and jokes and good times and good cooking. The calla lilies are in bloom again. Such a strange flower. Suitable to any occasion. I like to feel free. You can get lonesome being that free. You can get lonesome being that busy. <laughs> now, who would think to look at us that we got the same problem? Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Such an Old Soul with me, Dominique Lessing. On today's ninth episode, I'm going to be continuing our delightful conversation on etiquette for every occasion. And this is all from a book that was my great-grandmother's from 1918, and it's called A Guide to Politeness and the Customs of Good Society by Mortimer Chesterfield. So these are definitely very dated customs, but I have been finding that they are very relevant and quite current to today. So I thought we would continue on and delve into the last couple of chapters of this book, which are all about dinner parties. So I hope you'll join me. The brush. Fascinating. The feel, fascinating. The look, fascinating. Blush on, the sweetest mist of color you fluff on cheeks, chin, every place. Blush on by Revlon. There's never been a cosmetic like it. Alrighty, so let's jump right into the chapter titled Dinner Parties. It is always best for the lady of the house where dinner parties to come off, to be dressed and ready to appear in the drawing room, we would call that the living room, as early as possible, so that if any of the guests should happen to come a little early, she may be prepared to receive them. It is awkward for both parties, where visitors arrive before the lady of the house is ready for them. If it is necessary for her to keep an eye upon dinner, it is still best that she should Receive her guests and beg to be excused. If it is necessary for her to vanish <laughs> occasionally to the kitchen. Okay, so she would vanish occasionally to the kitchen, they're saying, um, once she's received them. A real lady is not ashamed to have it known that she goes into the kitchen. On the contrary, it is more likely that she will be a little proud of being thought capable of superintending the preparing feast. Okay, let's delve into that. I've only hosted a few dinner parties. Being under 30, I have not had many dinner parties of my own. But I have definitely helped out on many, many dinner parties. And 
growing up with a grandmother who adored dinner parties, even though I was not alive to see her dinner parties, I definitely witnessed her rules and how she would conduct a dinner party um, in the telling of her past stories of dinner parties. Does that make sense? So I'm what I'm saying is I don't have a lot of experience with this, but I definitely have been around people who have given many dinner parties, and they all say that they find it very difficult to be ready on time. And I think that that's something that it, it truly does not matter what decade it is to be dressed and ready and especially women who have to put on their makeup and do their hair and get their outfit together and then create a whole menu and then you're dealing with people and when do they come and some people come early some people come late juggling all of that is very hard and honestly I believe you should win a medal if you succeed even slightly at putting together a good dinner party because it's very difficult. I have given, I believe, three dinner parties my own and I must say that I definitely carve out each hour and of that day and make sure, okay, this hour is going to be spent cleaning. Then right before, usually an hour before, or no, I would say an hour and a half before I think people are going to be coming is when I would get ready. And you always have your outfit ready, especially if you're having a dinner party because you know your mind is going to go, should I wear this? No, I don't like that. Maybe I should wear this. Do that the night before and put your outfit out. And that way you're, you don't even have to worry about that. So I once again am agreeing with this book that it's very important to be ready when your guests do arrive because I have been to many dinner parties, hundreds of them as a little girl and being someone who was just kind of in the background, people didn't pay attention to me, but I was paying attention to them. And what I would always notice is if the host was rushing around or not even ready when we were arriving and and we we would feel you would feel uncomfortable or feel like oh am, am I did I do something wrong am I late am I too early you know you start questioning yourself and and the most important thing you want to do when you're having guests over which is hopefully people you appreciate and love is to make them feel comfortable and safe and relaxed and that's the I think the number one thing about being a good hostess, which they haven't said yet, but they imply. So that's my take on that beginning of being ready for your party. Let's continue on. It is proper, okay, here we go. It is proper to arrive from five to 15 minutes before the hour mentioned in the invitation, allowing time to pay respect to the host and hostess without haste before dinner is announced. A gentleman wears a dress suit at dinner. A lady wears a handsome gown, dinner dress being full dress differing, however, from the evening party or reception gown in the kind of fabrics used. The most flimsy of gauzes are suitable for a ball costume, while dinner dress for any but very young ladies is usually of more substantial materials, rich silks or velvets. Okay, so 
when it comes to clothing today, of course, I'm sure we all would agree that this definitely is dated. But I think it's quite nice to dress up and and I think you respect who you're visiting, who you're having dinner with. If you did take the time to pick out a nice outfit and you're not coming there in cargo pants and a plaid shirt or you know what I mean like like workman clothes or um or just something that they see you in every day I think it is very it definitely is um something very kind to do without it's an unspoken kindness I believe to to look nice and to put in a little effort if you are being invited to especially a dinner party and it really sets kind of the tone for your party how how everyone is dressed how everybody you know looks at the table like for instance this isn't clothes but if you have plastic plates and plastic cups it just brings the party down where if you're using glass or if you're using an actual um real napkin and not a paper napkin it it will elevate it and that does not mean that you have to spend a lot of money you can buy one set and have it for decades so or go to even a flea market and get them for five dollars and you'll have that for years it's just these little things just like dressing up a little bit um even you know combing your hair and or curling your hair or um wearing heels or something like that it could be something even little even if you're not someone that wants to go out and buy an outfit or I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is you don't need to spend a lot of money but putting in a little bit of effort for your host and hostess definitely I think says a great deal so I wouldn't say that you need to wear silk and velvet but you know, make a little bit of an effort, I think is always very nice. Now, people who show off, I've definitely been at dinner parties where people go over the top and it seems like it's more about them than the actual party and the hostess. I think that a party should definitely be more about the hostess than the guests. And because it is their home and they're hosting you. So a party should kind of in a way represent them where if you're coming in and you're in like there's a woman I know who always comes to parties I've been to in a big hat and in a lot of pearls and in a lot of jewelry and and just elaborate dresses that that are very nice but maybe aren't quite suitable for the occasion or just over the top it's just over the top and so it then brings a lot of the attention to her and that focus and not on everybody who's at the party in general and and, and just kind of it doesn't make it an even playing field. So I don't like that and I know that the person who's doing that knows it. You always know if you're dressing over the top, you just do. Or you're with people who don't like you and they're steering you the wrong way. So you should just really really try to pay attention to that and pay attention to who you're with when you're getting dressed for a party as well because you don't you don't want to um come off 
in a way rude I find it or obnoxious because you're just way too over the top okay I could go on and on but let's keep reading (laughs) the announcement of dinner next chapter when dinner is ready the fact is made known to the hostess by the butler who comes to the door and quietly says dinner is served As soon as the company is seated, each one removes the bread and the napkin, partially unfolded, and lays it across the lap. It is not tucked in at the neck or the vest front, or otherwise disposed as a feeding bib. It is a a towel for wiping the lips and fingers in emergencies, but should be used unobtrusively, not flourished like a flag. Okay, I feel like... This author is very aggressive about certain things. Like, he's seen this done. He doesn't like it. He doesn't want you to be doing it. Um, And I definitely can't say that I have seen this in person. People flailing their napkin around like a flag. I I guess I'm around a lot of civilized people. But I definitely, as I've gotten older, like I'd say in my teens, I really became aware of the napkin. I think... As a child, I just didn't really think about it and where should I place it except for holidays. But now, even if I'm at a casual dinner with friends, I will think of remembering to put my napkin, you know, on my on my lap. Um, but yeah, I agree with this that uh, that's important. <laughs> okay, let's continue. I'm going to skip around a little bit. Okay, so now we're going to go to table etiquette. It is considered vulgar to take fish or soup twice. The reason for not being helped twice to fish or soup at a large dinner party is because by doing so, you keep three parts of the company staring at you while waiting for the second course, which is spoiling, much to the annoyance of the mistress of the house. The selfish greediness, therefore, of so doing constitutes its vulgarity. At a family dinner, it is of less importance and is consequently often done. Be careful and do not touch either your knife or your fork until after you have finished eating your soup. Leave your spoon in your soup plate that the server, servant sorry, may remove them. Never use your knife to convey your food to your mouth under any circumstances. It is unnecessary and glaringly vulgar. Uh, if any of my film friends are listening to this, is there is an actress from the 30s that says vulgar really well I'd love for you to tell me who that is. She's she's in a lot of films from that time. And she's in usually, I think, in her 70s in, in those films. But she says vulgar really well. And I can't do it justice, but I agree. I'm saying I agree a lot. I'm, I apologize. But there's a lot in this book that's words of wisdom that we all should remember. And one thing that I just said I think is very important and that is when you get into that circumstance where you really would love this happens to me maybe sometimes during 
the main course where you really love a dish and you you were served the dish and you really would like more of it but you you don't want to take it because you know if there's another dish that people are going to be waiting for you to finish and then it gets cold so i mean what this author is saying basically is your there's kind of a rhythm to a dinner party and especially if you're having a dinner with many courses that you don't want to abrupt the rhythm because it will just bring the whole dinner down and create that sequence the, the sequence will be off i have experienced this only recently at Christmas Eve dinner where I've had quite large Christmas Eve dinners lately and they've had many people and many courses I think is it seven courses I for, I think seven course no six many courses of dinner like over five and I realized that I had to finish my soup pretty quickly because the next course was coming and you kind of have to look around the room and read the room of 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 how quickly are people finishing their soup because I'm a very slow eater so I kind of had to move along faster so that we could move on to the second course and I wasn't making people wait or having other dishes cold right around me and creating too many plates around me and it was a little bit stressful I must say so this year I'm definitely going to be much more aware of my pacing and my timing and I think that that's very much what this author is saying about the timing of when you're eating and if you're at dinner just with your family it's a casual you know Monday night dinner that's not a big deal because you can take your time or go as fast as you want but but this is more kind of a sophisticated um experience in a, in a, a more formal dinner party not like a cookout or something more relaxed so i'm going to take a a quick minute break cuz i'm just talking and talking and talking and we will be right back after this short message Listen to what women are saying about a brand new kind of hair color. It doesn't look dyed, does it? Well, isn't that the best part of it? It's new color silk by Revlon, the mistake-proof hair color. Selected and used as directed, you can't go wrong. You know, it's so quick and so easy. And No, you don't need the bowls and the spoons and, and everything else with it. New color silk gives you automatic mixing and automatic timing, too. Well, it shuts itself off. It's automatic. That's what the instructions said. And, and look what happened. You can see it's just beautiful. It feels wonderful. Actually, it's, it's very soft and it feels very silky. And I think it has a beautiful sheen. It's hair color that shampoos in and won't wash out. I got a rich, warm brown. <laughs> I was gray-haired two days ago and now I'm a brunette again. <laughs> it's new color silk by Revlon, the mistake-proof hair color. Here again. Welcome back. The next chapter I'm going to be discussing is titled The Guest. The responsibilities of a visit are not all on the shoulders of a hostess. Ooh, that's a relief. The guest has also a duty in the matter. To some people, make yourself at home is a free permit to take possession of everything on the premises, to cut the choice, the choicest roses in the garden, to call for the carriage 
at will, to consult no one's comfort but their own, and to p- impose upon the polite forbearance of everyone else, regardless, in short, to behave as no one can behave at home for any length of time without disrupting that home. To make oneself at home is to adapt oneself to one's environment. If things are different from what we are accustomed to, we must try to accustom ourselves to them. And the mannerly guest will strive to do this, not as a cross, but as a pleasure. She will meet cordially the friends of her hostess who are introduced to her, however little they attract her. She will cheerfully accompany the family to their church, even though it be a different faith from her own. And she will listen respectfully to the sermon and refrain from ungracious criticism of the choir or the minister. She will take an interest in any local happenings that are of vital interest to her entertainers. She will show lively expression of everything done for her entertainment, even though it may be but a commonplace and dull affair in her private judgment. She will measure her grateful duty to them, not so much by the degree of pleasure which they actually give her, as by the amount of effort which they obviously make. It is very ungracious for a guest of wide social experience to be apathetic when some unsophisticated little hostess offers what to her seems a novel treat, but which to her worldly wise guest is a threadbare device. No matter if the device is threadbare, the spirit of kindness which prompts the effort is immortal. And though we have seen rainbow teas until we are weary of them, we will enter cheerfully into the spirit of this one, because our little hostess is the innocence of her heart, has worked so hard to make it ready in our honor. The guest should avoid giving extra trouble to the hostess or to the servants. She may offer assistance when circumstances warrant her doing so, but refrain from meddling with household matters when her help is evidently not desired. She should entertain herself easily when the hostess is otherwise busy yet never seem to have any absorbing occupation that would prevent her from being ready at once to join the family in any project. She should aim to feel and act as though the interests and pleasures of the family were her own, and not make remarks that are tacit comparisons to their disadvantage. If there are glaring faults in the domestic management, it is not her province to correct them except so far as a quiet example may be subtly influential as it will be if a heart she makes herself a part of the circle of sympathy. There is something singularly, singularly inspiring in the idea of making oneself at home, in the sense of finding the value in every environment which fate or chance or providence may place us in. And when, as welcome guests, we listen to this hearty greeting, we resolve that in all ways consistent with our duty and our entertainers, and with all grateful appreciation of their kindness to us, we will make ourselves at home. Wow. That was, oh, that was so heartwarming. And really, I think enormously important to remember 
I think even more so today, we get caught up in superficial things and how is somebody entertaining us and in what way and and where and and in very materialistic ways. And what they're saying there, I interpret it to be that we should be just so grateful that the kindness of our hostess is allowing us their space and their world for a little bit of time and and that that is something that we should be grateful for that we get to experience part of their life with them and and sit with them and just be in their company and be in, in their environment that we definitely would not normally be in and that that is what is special sharing that time that space that moment with with another person or as they say with our hostess and and host and and that it isn't about what are they feeding us how is the table presented um where are they taking us how much did they spend on the dinner or on whatever they're giving us but but just truly their company and and i find that it can be scary to to have made a new friend and be visiting them and you don't know well what is their home like and and what is the experience going to be like and what are they going to ask me to do and how long will i have to stay and you've we sometimes cripple ourselves with all these questions before we go somewhere or or are invited to a party and and I myself have just been reminded that we need to throw all that out the window and really think about who are we with do we really appreciate and like this person does this person make us happy when we are with them vice versa that should be our first main thing going into any party or home and and then just say to yourself well let's have this experience and and whatever happens happens as long as it's safe and and uh you know kind-hearted and go with the flow more and it doesn't have to be exactly what you would do in your home or or be the type of entertainment that you would be participating in because you've chosen to be a part of what they participate in and what they like and it's it's really an act of giving so i think that anymore when we go to a, a dinner party just hanging out with our friends um visiting someone i should say in in any capacity for even if it's 20 minutes or it's two hours that we we think that we are doing this out of love and they're doing it out of love and that's all that should matter and it's not about all that other stuff so I want to thank you once again for joining me for another episode of Such an Old Soul. I started this podcast so that I could discuss topics like this that I felt weren't being discussed by my peers and just people in general. And it's been a lot of fun to discover 
things like these books and films and artists um, and and people in the world that I find have been not appreciated or have been put on the back burner because they are considered old and talking about them today and bringing them into our lives now because I found many parts of this book so valuable and special and and definitely relatable and a way for us to to live our life hopefully in a in a better and more special way so I want to thank you for listening and I will be back again next week for another episode our number 10 our 10th episode and I just want to do a little quick self-promotion if you do use computers not everybody does so I'm not going to say that you do but if you do and if you are on social media please share this podcast with your friends with your family with your animals Um, and if you are on Twitter I am very active where I talk mostly about film um, classic film and my Twitter name is Miss Classic Film and this week I have a special um, guest on Twitter who I talk to B.B. Buell who is an incredible um, rock and roll darling I like to call her She's a, was a model and a muse for a lot of rock and roll artists like Todd Rundgren and Steven Tyler and many great artists and she's an incredibly smart kind interesting and interested woman and I asked her about some of her favorite films and a film that she would recommend watching during quarantine so you can check out what she recommends watching over on Twitter and as I said her name is B.B. Buell and I'm very excited about that so I will see you next week and again thank you so much for listening take care and be safe bye